I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Wendy Willis Baldwin, author of The Sisters We Were. When Pearl was just a kid, her mother was imprisoned for manslaughter. Her perfect sister, Ruby, grew up and left Pearl behind, fleeing to a new city and recreating herself. Now, still living in the childhood home in which her mother committed the crime, Pearl is struggling with her weight, a frustrating daily obstacle that becomes a life-threatening diagnosis, and she commits to bariatric surgery. Surprisingly, Ruby agrees to return and help Pearl during the recovery period. While Pearl uh, thought losing the weight would be the key to her new life, she begins to realize she will never be able to step into her future if she and her sister can't reconnect and work together to put past past trauma behind them. Inspired by the real-life experience of the author, Wendy Willis Baldwin, and her sister, this is an uplifting and powerful story about two women taking their lives into their own hands. Wendy Willis Baldwin is the co-host of the podcast Life After Fat Pants. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Nice to have you on today. Oh, Catherine, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Well, as I understand it, just before the show, you told me yesterday was the first day that the book came out. Am I right? And that was in Austin, Texas. Yeah. So tell us about that. Oh, my gosh. It was really fun. um, You know, we launched the book yesterday on Pub Day from Austin, Texas, which is the setting for um, the, the the vast majority of the narrative. And it was just a really amazing day filled with lots of support and um, friends from near and far. And um, we stayed up a little too late celebrating last night, but it was wonderful. <laughs> and I'm so glad it's finally out there in the world. It feels like I had a baby. Yeah. Well, you did have a baby. Yeah, definitely. I would assume that it is like exactly like having a baby. But OK, so it you did this in, yeah, in Texas, all your friends are there. What, what's that like? Because these are all people you knew. And I assume some of them knew you when you were going through this, even though the book's fiction, yeah. but it's based on your life with your sister and your relationship. Absolutely. I mean, I had friends from the Westlake High School class of 87 turning out, um, which is right here in Austin, Texas. And, um, you know, yeah, they knew they knew me, they knew my sister. Um, and of course, my sister was there. And um, we just we had a wonderful time. And it, I felt so supported and encouraged. And, um, you know, Catherine, having rewritten this manuscript three times, um, and, you know, my agent sold it a year and a half ago, um, last night's celebration was a long time coming. (laughs) It was really like, yay. (laughs) It's finally here. It was a like having a baby, as you said, nine-month pregnancy yeah. or maybe more. <laughs> absolutely, um, absolutely. I labored, I labored, I labored, and, and now it's out in the world. And, you know, um, hopefully um, hopefully, it'll resonate with a lot of folks. Do you feel vulnerable? I always think about that. You wrote the book, and I know it's not a memoir. It is fiction. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, it, you expose yourself, obviously, in your relationship with your sister. It's all about that. But, I mean, is there a feeling of I'm scary, vulnerable? Yeah, a little bit, I think. And, you know, it's funny, Catherine, because, um, you know, one of the things about the characters in the book, Pearl and Ruby Crenshaw, is that they really grow. And I find this is true in our lives in general. Um, we all grow in those moments of vulnerability where we're, we're feeling um, a little unsteady, a little unsure. And, and that's certainly the case for these two fictional characters I created 
and um, and definitely I feel you know a little vulnerable. I I've never launched a debut novel. I've never um, had one go out into the world like this. So I'm um, I'm excited and um, and optimistic. But yeah, it is a little scary because anytime we put something we've created um, out there, we definitely put it up for public consideration and and discussion. And I think that's, um, that's hopefully going to be a really good thing. Wendy, what about your sister? Uh, first, maybe I want to backtrack a little. What was her reaction when you said you were going to write the book? I know you said you changed, you wrote, rewrote yeah. it three times. Was that based on? Yeah. Okay. Tell uh, me. It was yeah. just edit, edits, um, a lot of editing and whittling away to get it in its highest form. But, you know, the idea for the story um, hit me, Catherine, several years ago. And it, my sister and I in real life were coming off of a period of estrangement. And we were going through a, um, a season where we patched some things up. And um, she came to visit me. I was then living in Virginia. And she came to visit and we were on this hike, um, and uh, I'll, I, I need to back up a little bit because my sister in real life, at her heaviest, um, weighed 531 pounds. And more than 10 years ago, she made this um, very heroic decision, courageous decision, to save herself. She was really perilously close to becoming bedbound. And um, as, as her family members, I mean, we loved her so much, and we were it was scary to watch. It's like in my sister's case, she had battled a very serious food addiction for many, many years, spiraled out of control. And um, when she made the choice to save herself, we were um, thrilled. I mean, we were overjoyed. And because um, it meant, you know what, we're going to have her hopefully for a lot longer. And um, so she made this choice. And anyway, when, you know, fast forward to almost 10 years after she's um, lost weight and, and whatnot, she she's visiting me in Virginia and we were hiking on this road called Crenshaw Road, and we did like a four or five mile hike. And it was the first time in our adult lives, if you can imagine, that we had been able to keep pace with one another. And we'd been talking about this idea of the book, and she loved it. Um, she loved the whole idea for it. I'd written a couple other books before, um, which I have not yet published, and. And she thought this would be a great story, most mostly because we just don't have. We don't hear from enough um, protagonists like Pearl Crenshaw in fiction. There just aren't that many stories um, told about people who weigh that amount, you know. And so she was excited. And it just seemed really fitting that we named the characters Crenshaw since, um, you know, my sister and I had been able to keep pace with each other that day. It felt right. I've always been fascinated with uh, I, I guess that whole obesity issue. Sometimes I've even, I've watched as, and I was reading your book, I was thinking about this, the TLC program where they have people who weigh 600 pounds or more and who mm-hmm. go through bariatric surgery. And I, I wonder, and like in talking about in your sister, 531, uh, that's how much mm-hmm. she weighed. That was like the turning point, or I guess how, why when she got to that point, did she decide to do something about it just because it was life threatening? But I mean, it has been life threatening before that you get up to 531 yeah, yeah. pounds. Yeah. And you know, when, when, when my sister's, you know, talked with me about it and when she's been interviewed by folks, cause my sister, by the way, I should say in real life as a bariatric coach, she walks people through this process and, and basically has turned her pain into her purpose and life. And, um, and so she's very much an open book because let's face it, she's, 
she's conquered her, her demon in this regard. And she finally got to a point where she said, you know what, I'm worth um, being healthy. I'm, I love myself enough to be healthy. I love myself enough to pursue happiness. And it was really about tapping into her sense of self-worth. Um, and, and so, yeah, but um, at 531, who knows why that was her tipping point? Um, even my sister can't articulate why that was her tipping point. It was just, and I think that's one of the things I like about that number is because, you know, in the midst of all of our, um, our you know, um, trials and tribulations, sometimes there's not a thing. There's not a, sometimes it makes no sense. It's just we get to that point where it's our point. It's the point of no return. And, um, and that was definitely the case for, for Tiff and definitely the case for Pearl Crenshaw in the book. And estrangement, because I, I mentioned that obviously in the introduction, you've mentioned it several times, the estrangement, well, let's say in the book, but also between you and your sister. Uh, how did the estrangement come about? What happened? Why were you estranged? Well, yeah, you know, so my sister and I um, were, you know, we both grew up in the same house. We were both products of the same, um, you know, family dynamics. And I, I want to put it out there that our, our dearly departed mom was never in prison, and she was a very reputable English teacher. So there's a lot of uh, liberties I was able to take because it is a fictional novel. I mean, the, the true parts of the story were uh, had to do with the actual weight of the um, of the protagonist Pearl Crenshaw, and I used that weight as sort of my scaffolding and the timeline of her weight loss, so that I could then build the narrative structure. Um, kind of hanging off of that process. And, um, you know, in terms of my sister and I, we both had been um, victims of childhood sexual abuse growing up. And it was always, you know, as we as we went into adulthood, it was very interesting how we could grow up in the same family, be exposed to the same, um, you know, misfortunes and tragedies and traumas. And yet the way the trauma manifested in our bodies was very drastically different for both of us. Um, and for my sister, it was this um, food addiction. For me, it was, um, you know, toxic um, behavior, anger issues, rage, things like this that I've, I've struggled with. And um, I love the way in the story we have these two characters who look um, totally different. And, and you know, Pearl, uh, from the outside looking in, might look like she's the one with all the troubles. And Ruby looks a little more um, put together, um, but the truth is Ruby is just as toxic in terms of her, um, you know, uh, behavior and, and um, her self-loathing and shame and all of that. But the question was, you know, my own sister and I went through a period of estrangement, and I think it's just what, what sisters do sometimes. I mean, these two characters are flawed and fabulous. I like to say that they go two steps forward in, in life and one step back, and that's definitely the way my sister and I have advanced in our journeys in life. We're one another's greatest advocates and, and um, also each other's worst critics. And um, anytime you have that dynamic, there is the opportunity for sparring. And, and we've sparred. Now, I will tell you, and I don't know if you've gotten to this part in the book yet, Catherine, I um, have never um, turned a teacup into a projectile um, and I'll let readers figure out what that means. But <laughs> I've had so many people ask me, what part of this is true and what part isn't? 
I like that, but I'll tell you the part, I, and I'm actually beyond this part, um, just to share with listeners, I just started reading. I got a PDF copy of the book yesterday. I couldn't be in Austin, obviously, and it's great, and I haven't finished it, but uh, the pers- the uh, sister who pl- is you uh, is with the uh, Bradley Cooper boyfriend, so <laughs> that's mm-hmm. I'm relating to, yeah, but I'm beyond that now. Um yeah. And I don't have sisters. You know, I mean, sister relationships are very special. I have two brothers. Very different. I think. Yeah. Uh, pro- yeah. They probably have a more similar relationship with each other than with me. Uh, I'm sort of, mm-hmm. you know, being the odd man out or the odd woman out. So, yeah, it's fascinating. Like what parts of the book are you and your sister and the other that's that's the, that's the fiction part? Uh, you know, why did you decide to write fiction instead of a memoir? I'm always curious about that one. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question because, um, you know, my sister's own heroic story is certainly good enough in and of itself. But, I mean, I write fiction. That's what I do. I, I enjoy storytelling. I always have. And um, for me, quite frankly, when we're dealing with a subject like this, um, I find a great deal of freedom in the ability to sort of embellish and and exaggerate um, some of the characteristics of these sisters in a way that, um, you know, there's only a whisper of that really reflected in our actual personalities. Um, and and so I, I, it just gives me more freedom. And I think maybe if you were to analyze it a little bit more, it's probably a, a safer space for me to operate in. It like helps me to process um, the things that I, I know. I mean, writers write what we know. All all writing is based on what writers know. And some of it's researched, some of it's lived experiences or whatever. But um, so I just drew upon what I knew. I drew upon my love for my sister and um, the complicated, very nuanced relationship that I've had with her and she with me. And really um, that I see reflected in a lot of um, sibling relationships. And so the fiction, um, the fictional approach to this was just a fun um, and very safe way for me to convey um, all of the heartfelt emotion that I wanted to. So that's the way that you can get your story out, that that's who you are. But who, uh, you know, the losing the weight, I think I read this in the introduction um, in the book, Pearl thought that, and I think this is very true of of uh, most of us thought that just by losing weight somehow she was going to start a new life. Not true. You really have to work to, as I said, reconnect, work together, mm-hmm. and deal with those past traumas. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah, and that that's significant. I it, listened. It's, it's interesting, yeah, and to um, add on to that a little bit, um, expand on that, Catherine. You know, it's a big message in the book um, that. Although she makes this decision and ultimately, you know, Pearl goes on this journey to lose enough weight to get healthy, um, and it's a pretty substantial amount of weight in a short amount of time. It's, it's north of 300 pounds um, that she loses. And, and, but, but what we understand as a reader is that, you know, it's not that the weight loss um, fixes everything for her. Um, that helps her physiologically. It does improve her health, her speed, her agility, her access to things, her ability to, you know, do fun new things that she wasn't able to do before. But ultimately, it's really all about Pearl and Ruby tapping into their sense of self-worth. And it, it's it, it's that um, 
that message that, you know, only when we value ourselves enough um, do we really get to start living a life that's full and rich and meaningful and, and quite frankly, impactful. But Wendy, don't you have to put that in a context? Because yes, all of that is true. But when you lose 300 pounds or 300 plus, the way the world looks at you is very different. Mm-hmm. And that has to right. have an yeah, and so that impacts the way you behave and your relationships. I mean, that has to change. That I uh, changes. Yes, absolutely. Changes everything. It yeah. was um, it was very stark to watch my my sister in real life transform so dramatically. I mean, in eighteen months, she um, lost three hundred and forty nine pounds, and we're talking a, a completely different person that people wouldn't even recognize. You know, the the old from the new, and and. Um, before versus after. And um, that was a really weird experience for my sister um, to go through. And um, it was exciting for her because she, she felt, um, you know, proud of herself. She felt um, she'd kind of arrived at um, that point in her life where, you know, she, she got what she wanted, I guess, is what, um, is what she would tell and what she talks about a lot on our podcast is, um, she she likes to tell people she got smaller and her world got bigger. Yeah. It, people who are sexually abused when they're children, that is one way of defending themselves, Getting as your sister did, by getting heavy. It pushes people away. You don't have to w- right. worry about anybody wanting to be physically involved with you. Uh, so that's you know one way of dealing with it. I think another thing I wanted to ask you, because then as you get thinner and people are looking at you differently and you can do all those things that you never could do before, but uh, the outside world, other people, their expectations are different for you. Uh, Mm -hmm, You have to, mm -hmm. I I, I mean, I don't know if if that's been part of your discussions with your sister, but everybody expects different things from you. And how did that evolved evolve Mm -hmm. with her? Yeah. I mean, it's been part of her journey. Um, It's, it's ongoing. I mean, she's in a constant state of evolution and, you know, I um going back to your comment about, you know, sexual abuse and the link to um, morbid obesity, it's very real. In fact, um, in part of my research for this um, novel, my sister who works in this field um, was giving me all kinds of information about, you know, from patient intake forms and, and just generalities that you can draw about um, folks who are about to embark on this kind of procedure. And there's a huge percentage of um, people who have been impacted by sex abuse and sexual abuse. And, and this is one of the ways, unfortunately, that um, it can manifest and in, in, is in an eating disorder, eat, disordered eating. And sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's anorexia or bulimia, but it's, it's all this shame stuff that we um, have associated with abuse. And um, it's just pretty tragic to see how shame um, appears in the body. And I think one of the things that's really curious to me is, is how so many people look at um, folks with um, these kinds of um, weight issues um, in, in ways that aren't um, flattering. And, you know, they've been ostracized, they've been, um, you know, ridiculed um, and left out and all these things. And it's like, Take a beat. You have no idea what <laughs> someone's going through you until you walk in their shoes. My sister would say you have no idea until you've walked in someone's fat pants, um, which, by the way, the title of our podcast 
uh, Life After Fat Pants podcast. And that all, the genesis of that was really um, from my sister's old pair of jeans that she wore when she was at her heaviest, 531 pounds. And shortly after she'd lost all the weight she wanted to lose, um, there was an article written about her. And I was in, I was writing the article and, and we were posing in her pants. I was standing in one leg, she's in another. And if, if you visit lifeafterfatpantspodcast.com, you'll see the picture. And that's kind of became the um, logo for our podcast. But she keeps those as, as like her trophy, as her reminder that this is what I was at one point. You can actually do that. I think there are... Uh... There are, uh, I would say, uniforms or whatever thing that you can put on and so that you can have an understanding of what it does feel to be, I'm not sure, 531 pounds, but to be heavy and overweight and, and what that's yeah. like. Yeah. And um, it, it's amazing. I mean, like people have no idea how hard it is. And one of the things that I really tried hard to convey in this narrative is just the day to day physicality, uh, the the brutality of carrying around that much extra weight. I mean, think about what it feels like if you pick up two 10-pound dumbbells. I mean, and, and try walking around with the 20 pounds on you the whole day. And, and when you start getting into um, um, numbers where you're more than twice the size of your, you know, total body weight, I mean, it, it's it's a level of um, disability that's that's real. And so anytime someone is able to conquer that, I think it's something we should celebrate. Struggle is the word that comes to mind as you're, as you're describing it. Mm-hmm. It's just a constant struggle, mm-hmm. yep. you know, right? In every way, emotionally. Why do you think that oh, did yeah. not happen? Yeah. Uh, it, it was <laughs> an absolute struggle. And, and it was a struggle to love someone um, who has that kind of food addiction. Cause, and I would liken it to watching anyone you love who has any kind of addiction. I mean, anytime we... We love someone, whether they're an alcoholic or um, drug addict, you know, um, pills, gambling, I mean, um, bulimia, anorexia, whatever um, the issue is. It's very painful to love someone and watch them be um, so um, completely um, out of control. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's a real joy to actually, and it's not often that we get to see people walk through the process of, of healing um, and it, I think it's particularly hard when you talk about addictions. Catherine, um, food is one that's so um, hard to overcome because unlike other things where you can kind of go cold turkey, um, we have to eat to live. Yeah. And so it's really about recalibrating your, you know, the whole mindset and having this new level of discipline and motivation and, um, and courage to, to live in a different way. And, and I would also say that... Um, one of the things I hope this um, novel does is dismiss any notion that bariatric surgery is somehow an easy way out for people who um, who need it. Because um, if you read this book, you'll understand that nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. Well, Al Roker, he's one of the, I guess, I don't know how many years ago he had bariatric surgery. Yeah, yeah he's one right. of the celebrities that I think we most of us know about. You know, you talk about being very... It's watching your sister struggle, watching somebody who has an addiction is very painful, but it also can make you very angry. Why don't you do something? Why are you behaving this way? I, I, isn't that right. part of the, the feelings or the emotions that are attributed oh, to yeah. the... Yeah. 
Oh, and, and I, 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 one of the reasons I injected Ruby's character with so much of that sort of vitriol and um, snarkiness, um, and if you read, you'll understand, you kind of love, hate Ruby. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> and I guess maybe a little bit you love, hate Pearl, but, um, but, but Ruby is just so um, sort of rough on Pearl, like just very, uh, if you would just eat right, um, exercise and watch your calories, you'd be fine. And, and um, I was that person. I was I was Ruby in so many instances over the course of of my life. I've loved my sister since we were, you know, small enough to take bubble baths together. Um, but um, yeah, as we were growing up, I was always, you know, I mean, it, including the scenes where we're riding bikes to school, and um, my sister was um, typically the slowpoke, and I was the one kind of rallying around, you know, encouraging her to pedal faster to get up the hill. And I had all kinds of things I would say. I, w- I used to say, you know, Tiff, the lions are chasing you. R- pedal faster, pedal faster. And and um, I would do whatever I could to just try to um, help her um, win. And <laughs> and it was just, you know, sort of a big sister, uh, I guess, instinct. Um, you know, we I felt very protective of my um, little sister. And I well, I like do. your podcast, um, too. I want to just, I hate to interrupt you. We have a couple minutes left, and I just want to mention the podcast. Well, you did Life After Fat Pants, because I would listen to the episode yeah. where you two, I, I think your sister turning 50, you're the oldest sister, you've already been 50. So the discussion about yeah. getting older, that was very yeah. interesting. Yeah, very good. So Life After Fat Pants is uh, your podcast, Wendy Willis Baldwin, and the her new book is The Sisters We Were. So give us a website, websites we can go to for more information about the book and about all you're doing and about the podcast. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. Yeah, um, so uh, my website is uh, wendywillisbaldwin.com. And if you just Google The Sisters We Were, um, you'll find it for sale at all, anywhere books are sold. And um, the audible version of the book is um, going to soon be released, and I'm thrilled. I can't say who the voice talent is, but I'm thrilled um, by who's voicing it. Um, she's actually one of my favorite voice talents um, on the market right now. So, um, yeah, I would just encourage people to pick up a copy and read it and um, hopefully um, you know, catch the main theme of the book, and that is that we're all just one decision away from a totally different life. I pre-ordered the Audible, so I'm really excited to hear. I know you're not going to tell me who it is, but uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, a touching well. story. The person who did voice it um, sent me a private message, and, and it so happens she lost a family member to obesity. And so this story really resonated with her, and she was thrilled to do it. And unfortunately, um, the growing obesity rates uh, that are happening um, not only in our country but around the world. Um, yeah. Off the chart. Nearly 43% of people having it, everybody's bound to know someone or be impacted by this. Exactly. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Wendy Willis Baldwin, the sisters we were. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 